All right, everyone, welcome back. This is Ryan Selkis, and you're listening to Masari's Unqualified Opinions, where each week I interview crypto's top builders, investors, and personalities to discuss the key trends in the industry. You can discover more about Masari at masari.io. But for now, let's get right into the episode. It's going to be a good one. This podcast is presented by Blockworks Group, one of the top blockchain events and media production companies I've worked with. For exclusive content and events that could help you with insight into the crypto and blockchain space, check them out at blockworksgroup.io and you will not be disappointed. Uh, really excited to have uh, Oded Vertheim uh, with me today. He's the CTO of Orbs. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, all things Orbs. Uh, we're going to talk about enterprise blockchain adoption, particularly building public infrastructure uh, around some of these enterprise use cases, uh, which historically have been at odds. Uh, many of the, the enterprise use cases, at least to date, have been on, on private or permission chains, but Orbs is working on the, um, the bridge between the two worlds, uh, I guess for lack of a better term. I uh, also want to talk a little bit about the Israeli crypto ecosystem, uh, as obviously uh, uh, Tel Aviv uh, is, is, is relatively recent. Uh, what, about four weeks ago, five weeks ago? Um, yeah. Somewhere in there. Um, and, uh, and, and Israel uh, has a, a, a booming uh, crypto scene that, uh, that in many cases I think is, is underreported or underappreciated. Um, but, uh, but certainly is an oasis uh, in the Middle East, especially for crypto adoption. So, um, Oded, one of the first things that we do with all of our guests, uh, just to, to kind of level set, is um, I'd like to start out with your personal background and uh, just give people a sense for, for how we even got to this conversation, right? So both uh, intro into crypto, intro into um, orbs, or, or kind of what got you working on this particular problem, and then, then we can dive into... Uh, it's kind of a natural segue. What Orbs does and uh, how it fits into the broader crypto landscape. Perfect. Well, thanks, Ryan. Uh, um, my name is Adet. I'm the CTO of Orbs. Been with, with, been with the project more or less uh, from the beginning and uh, developed uh, the protocol architecture. Um, I live in Tel Aviv, and as you said, there's a really great uh, blockchain uh, community here, and, uh, and we even and had a very successful uh, uh, blockchain week uh, recently. Uh, a bit about my background prior to Orbs, uh, so I have a degree in electrical engineering and in physics, both from the Technion, which is kind of the Israeli equivalent to MIT. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been working in the more or less last uh, 11 years prior to Orbs in uh, Mellanox, which is one of the largest and most successful uh, Israeli tech companies, which is recently been acquired by NVIDIA for almost $7 billion. Um, I've been working in the last recent years before Orbs on uh, uh, network devices architecture, network protocols, and some of it on uh, industry collaboration mm-hmm. and protocol standards. And I think that the, collab- uh, the collaboration with other engineers from many different uh, companies building towards uh, new uh, network protocols kind of gave me a nice insight on how to develop a protocol. Uh, so I find it something that it was, even though it was very different uh, discipline, I found it to be a very nice transition into blockchain protocols. Um, 
Yeah, so uh, I'm since I started working on the blockchain, I'm now extremely passionate about uh, the value of public uh, blockchain, both on uh, the value that it can bring today, but even more on the potential of what we can do in the future. Um, so you're you're very much focused on the enterprise space. Um, that is. Uh, that's kind of a catch-all term, which uh, in some cases is, is completely meaningless because it, it could cover any number of use cases. Um, enterprise is, is basically, uh, I find, shorthand for not insular to the rest of the crypto community, right? So, so what does it mean um, when you talk about a, a hybrid blockchain solution? What are some of the customers or applications that you're targeting at first? And how do you see yourselves versus what uh, some of the private implementations of Ethereum look like or Hyperledger or um, some of the other more permission systems uh, that today are, are, are kind of dominant behind the scenes at some of the enterprises. Yeah, so, so first of all, the public blockchain for enterprise. And not surprisingly, you mentioned that enterprise blockchains are typically permissions. So the, the whole concept of a public chain for so enterprises it's quite unique. You can even say counterintuitive. Mm -hmm. uh, why? Because many of the other platforms uh, target mostly dApps, uh, other public uh, platforms. And if we look at, at the enterprise, most of the solution like Hyperledger or Home, Corda, all permissioned. So in order to understand uh, the value, let's look for a second uh, on dApps. So. Uh, there, were, there were, I think, numerous attempts to build uh, DApps trying to basically take traditional businesses and decentralize them, like building a decentralized Uber and decentralized eBay and decentralized Yelp and so on and so on. And the problem is that the DApp business model is very challenging. Like, uh, first, you, have, uh, you don't have a company structure no CEO, no legal, no paid employees, and it's very difficult to compete with traditional businesses this way. Mm -hmm. and, and second, when you try to, so basically all, all DAFs are based on, on the token model, and when you try to build the token economy for more complex business models, you find out that this is a very complex task. And not surprisingly, if we look at all the hundreds or maybe even thousands of dApps that, uh, that started in the last two or three years, I think that the vast majority of them didn't reach production or adoption. So, so now let's look at the, in the enterprise space or at traditional companies. Traditional companies have a significant problem of trust. We see it uh, everywhere. If, if it's fake news and now with uh, deep fake, it's, it's kind of crazy. You don't know what is real and what is uh, not real. You can't really trust your uh, social media feed because you're worried that someone will manipulate it. Mm -hmm. you're wor we're worried that someone will abuse our private data. And when we look at data over the internet, people are starting to be more and more skeptical about it. Like when I see a ranking of a product, for example, my initial thought is that uh, something may be wrong there. Someone, someone may be manipulating that uh, value. 
And uh, I think that the problem of the businesses is even larger. Like even even enterprises or businesses that try to behave by the book get skeptic response from the customers because they are so used to be manipulated by others. And I do believe that successful businesses eventually want to behave properly. They do want the customers' trust and they have a problem uh, achieving that. And this is where uh, OBS comes in. So in OBS, we don't, we don't think that we should replace traditional businesses. We don't think that we should replace for-profit businesses. We think that they, they, these, are, these are businesses that are very likely to win uh, competing with this standardized one. Mm-hmm. But even though there's a lot of value that they can gain, gain from blockchain, and we try to provide them with that value. How they can get additional trust from customers, from their suppliers, from their partners, just by taking part of the data or the algorithm and now uh, running it on the public chain when all the clients can get a cryptographic proof of the correctness of the data or the correctness of the execution, they can, in a very scalable way, uh, increase of the, of the clients. And last, let's think of why permissionless uh, public chain and not uh, permissions. So the real disruption, the real value the blockchain brings come from uh, it's being public. The only system that we can really trust to provide the guarantees to the clients, the guarantee of correct, correct execution, a guarantee of data availability, is one that is driven by uh, an economic incentive model, one that is provably unbiased. Uh, specifically in OBS, by the way, we OBS is based on the proof of stake uh, incentive model mm-hmm. with a nice flavor of, of some of it being audited on an objective uh, source, which is Ethereum, very much like that OBS provide an objective auditing to the applications. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you drill down a little bit on, um, I, I think that was a helpful overview of the how, right? The, the, the architecture, the, 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 um, you know, how you are, are kind of solving this unique problem for enterprises and, 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 um, why this hybrid solution, uh, might work. But, um, one, one of the things that I wonder is whether you're going to see, um, specific applications migrate around certain blockchains and then that will become the supply chain blockchain or that will become the uh, syndicated debt servicing blockchain or, or, or the DeFi chain, um, whatever it is, um, just because the use cases are, are, are so different, right? There's, there could be a social media chain, right? How do you, how do, you do secure private multi-party computation for, um, for uh, hedge fund data. I, I, I think it's still uh, very much up in the air whether multi-purpose blockchains are actually going to be a thing. Um, so I'm curious where you've seen or if you've seen really any enterprise adoption around a single use case or if you're still at the phase where everything is in the, the sandbox and different types of entities are, are, are testing out your solutions um, and then how they're measuring those against 
some of the much larger uh, permissioned or hybrid blockchain solutions that, that are run by the likes of IBM or Microsoft or, or whomever. Okay, so so we have a few topics uh, to discuss. First, let's talk about uh, a more uh, platform or general purpose uh, blockchain versus application specific. And I think that one of the value that the general purpose blockchain, one that is designed in a get to cover in, in what ways designed for the enterprise use uh, is that you don't need to set up a, a different incentive layer or a different set of nodes for each applications. One mm -hmm. of the main difficulties, for example, in permission blockchains is that now when you want to set up this, the, the chain, you need uh, some legal um, um, work and you need to, to find your partners and set up a chain and this is all first it's, it has a high cost and it kind of holds back adoption for a public chain uh, i think that always have uh, this, uh, one incentive layer that covers multiple applications multiple uh, use cases is much stronger than uh, an instable for each application. Uh, and if we talk, for example, on proof of stake specifically, then we want the stake to be, to cover as much applications as possible and not to focus on the very limited uh, use cases. Especially, by the way, if we look long term, where we want to have a sustainable chain mm -hmm. that can, uh, that uh, that is economically viable based on the fees paid by the, paid by the application and not just uh, based on rewards, etc. that are great for the bootstrap period, then I think that one use case, uh, use case per chain will be very difficult to, to get going uh, from an economic perspective. Mm -hmm. um, now let's look about uh, different use cases. There are many attempts to build on, uh, on, uh, from the enterprise uh, point of view and all sorts of different uh, use cases. But we do see few that are returning, that we see them coming from the very yes. One of them is, uh, for example, uh, copyright. Uh, there's, there's a problem today with uh, with uh, copyrights, uh, it can be of uh, photos, of uh, music, of uh, content, uh, etc. And there's first, uh, in many cases, we see that the creator, the owner of the IP, isn't being compensated for their hard work. And second, there is a regulation going. Uh, in the European Union, there's now an uh, key owners when they present the data. Now, uh, while I think that this, this is an important initiative, if we look at the infrastructure today, it's almost impossible to achieve it. There's no source of data that uh, one can use for the IP. And, and not surprisingly, we see uh, uh, companies trying to solve it in, in very different uh, areas. And this is a great example of something that if you do in completely centralized without any public audit, it's very unlikely that uh, users or content creators or other companies will be willing to use this database as the source of truth. 
So this is one area where we see a lot of work uh, in the industry, and I believe that we'll start to see products. Um, Got it. Uh, so, so um, yeah. yeah, I mean, as, as you think about the roadmap for the rest of the year and, and, and early 2020, um, is the core team focused on uh, sparking more types of adoption, more, more partnerships and, and different test cases? Um, or is that something that you let happen a little bit more organically and, and the core team focuses and, and you in particular as the CTO focus more on the platform specific improvements? Because it, it seems when you're talking to the enterprise, um, at least in, in, in a traditional startups, if you're selling B2B, you, you basically want to be firmly uh, in, entrenched right, with your end enterprise buyer or user or developer um, and then basically build things that are to spec. So how, how, do you, um, how do you strike that balance between developing a multi-purpose platform and, and actually making sure that there's some killer enterprise app that gets built uh, for application number one, right? So before before this can become relevant across applications, it needs to be widely used for at least one use case and by one company or consortium uh, that's that's trying to tackle a, a tough coordination problem. Yes, yeah, so I think that that's a great point. And when we try to address it in OBS, we basically see three different passes that we need to progress in all of them. First one is the ecosystem. Uh, as a public lo- blockchain, we need to make sure that we progress the ecosystem, including the proof stake ecosystem. Next is the infrastructure. It's not as possible based on actual feedback that we get from for companies that, uh, that, uh, that are using or, or start to develop thoughts. And so does the use case effort. And, and here, I think that's one of the nice things that we are doing. We're doing workshops together with large uh, enterprises. And the idea behind this workshop is that we usually try to help them to uh, as easily as possible, and because developing um, applications and contracts is, in my opinion, extremely simple, uh, we see uh, and we see companies at the end of such few days manage to build a POC, start the process of in, uh, within the, within the company or the product. Um, Additional effort that we're doing is trying to to develop common use cases uh, in house, so we can allow uh, so we can allow companies that want to use them to have some reference or something to start with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that two two interesting and very simple nice use cases that we currently develop in house. Uh, one of them is uh, a photo registry. So this is quite similar to to the copyright problem that we just talked. Mm-hmm. Basically, we allowed to register any photo on the chain and and uh, then query it and with uh, with a met- uh, with uh, the photo metadata and the time and pro- uh, that you have on an immutable ledger, uh, you can now provide the proof uh, that you provided the photo. Mm-hmm. A second one is uh, is um, 
is uh, a tool to audit uh, receipts. So we we saw that there's a problem of uh, to have uh, for, for uh, companies to when they manage their receipts versus the suppliers versus the regulator, and uh, in a very simple application, they can now log it on on the blockchain and uh, and have an immutable uh, proof of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, additional very common uh, use case that we provide the, like, the basis for it is uh, voting. So um, I think that we can see it in different organizations uh, from the private sector to the public sector. In many cases, we want to get the, the users, the participants uh, vote or opinion on the subject. Mm-hmm. And this is, these are areas that are People typically have a problem uh, trusting the results, and, and especially if it's something of higher importance, we want to make sure that these votes are, are, um, um, are valid and are auditable. And again, we have uh, like a nice uh, basic uh, infrastructure uh, to develop a voting app on top. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Um, so, uh, for for the next couple of quarters, uh, what what are the kind of next key milestones that you track towards um, for leveling up the public infrastructure? So that there's the kind of partnership, the community element that we touched on, the use case, um, you know, promotion. But um, technically speaking, are there any major upgrades? Where where are the um, the uh, where's the team spending most of the time uh, technically uh, for for developing this this open source rails? So first, we we try to uh, to, to develop uh, as much as possible based on actual feedback. Uh, so on the there are things that, for example, on the ecosystem side, we're developing uh, infrastructure for uh, staking. Both from from uh, from even the smart contracts to the actual uh, reference uh, tools for people to stake on the um, infrastructure level. So we try to look wh- what does the the industry is looking for, and the few topics that are, that we keep hear about, uh, for example, a, a privacy solution uh, or a larger scale uh, storage solution. So we currently investigate uh, these options, um, and of course we keep uh, working to develop uh, use cases. Got it. Um, so, uh, we, what, what else should people know, uh, in a general audience about orbs? Uh, obviously your target is more of an enterprise business development or, or kind of innovation arm, um, of a, of a big, you know, fortune 1000 company. So, uh, I don't, I don't imagine that there's the same fervor or enthusiasm for, you know, going on Twitter and, and, and scraping YouTube videos and, and, uh, and just kind of keeping up with the day-to-day flow of information. Um, what for a, for, for a general audience, what, what are some of the most important takeaways that, that uh, someone that's watching this on Twitter or, or, or listening to the download um, on Spotify or iTunes, what should they uh, be keeping in mind about orbs and, and, and how can they get involved if, if 
their developer or other community contributor potentially? Okay, so first I think that uh, that the fact that a blockchain has much higher potential than uh, we're all used to financial applications and and apps, but I think that the uh, key takeaway is that blockchain has a huge potential in all uh, different, different industries and also for traditional businesses. So it's not, it's not about trying to, be, uh, to build an application that is purely decentralized. It's about uh, blockchain and being able to provide value to almost every industry. And personally, I believe that in five or ten years, we're going to see we're going to see trust as yet another aspect of every product. Like today, when we compare product, we used to compare price, we compare some features, we compare adoption, and and the next phase is trust, and mm-hmm. and it's going to come from the from the actual users, and blockchain will be the best way to provide a scalable solution. And OBS is uh, one of the first public blockchains that Edisit is greatly positioned to provide uh, the best solution when when it's become a common uh, use. Now, how to get involved? So OBS is is an open project. All our source code is, of course, uh, open source, and we'll encourage uh, contributors both to OBS Core and to the OBS uh, ecosystem. Uh, it would be great for developers to, uh, to join our GitHub and uh, contribute and comment. Uh, we have a Discord channel uh, for asking questions or uh, participate. And of course, there's uh, all the, the other uh, media channels uh, like Twitter, Telegram, etc., which are a great way to keep in touch. Uh, there's, uh, if you're interested to see what's going on, what's new, we we release uh, two monthly updates, uh, which give you kind of a high level and are a great source for someone to, to see what's up and uh, and get uh, more involved. And uh, yeah, and uh, and I think that uh, every developer. Not necessarily both that, uh, from the crypto community, but not only. Also, developers of traditional applications uh, can gain a lot from the joint project. Excellent. Uh, well, Ded, uh, thank you so much for uh, for joining for this conversation. Uh, and uh, again, if uh, folks want to follow the project on Twitter, it's at orbs underscore network. Uh, and Oded is is not as active on Twitter because he actually gets things done on a day to day basis. Um, but I uh, encourage you to check out the sites. And uh, if you're looking at enterprise use cases, check out Orbs. Um, all right, everyone. Well, uh, this is uh, the most recent Unqualified Opinions. We're going to be at Consensus Invest uh, and the Digital Asset Summit here in New York next week. So uh, if you want to pop by and say hello, just look for anyone wearing the T-shirt. Uh, but uh, otherwise, we'll see you back here again real soon for another episode of Unqualified Opinions. Until then, thanks for tuning in. Peace. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening. New episodes of Unqualified Opinions go live weekdays at noon Eastern time. You can follow me in the meantime on Twitter at 2BitIdiot if you want to continue the conversation or troll me. Otherwise, I'll see you next week.